Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. It's a beautiful morning here in Brookings, South Dakota at the Pius XII Newman Center. I'm Teresa Curley and I'm your host today along with Dylan Reinhardt. Good morning, Hello, Dylan. good morning. It's good to be here with y'all again. Crazy to think that it's only been a month yeah. since the last time it's flown. And it's already almost May and Easter. It's just crazy, all the things. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a joy to be here this morning. It really is. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Could you kick us off with prayer this morning? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and teach us how to pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and soften our hearts to be receptive to you throughout this day, um, especially as we prepare to enter into Holy Week. Lord Jesus, um, we just ask in your name that you would be with us today, that you would protect, and that you would just shower your grace down upon all the listeners this morning. Um, Lord, give us the words to say, give us the thoughts to think, and give us hearts to love uh, with none other than your love. And Heavenly Father Abba, we just surrender everything into your embrace and ask that you would teach us how to allow you to find us, allow you to guide us, and allow you to fulfill every one of our needs. Lord Jesus, we ask this, and we surrender everything into your hands this morning as we pray in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, we have a great show lined up for y'all today. We're going to be talking with um, a deacon who's continuing his um, works of mercy meditations for Lent that we've been going through. Um, and then we will also be uh, talking about with some focused missionaries, right, Dylan? Yes, we will. We got a couple focused missionaries, past and present here, and yeah. That should be that should be a fun day today. It should be good. Awesome. Well, Deacon Mark Creechie is on the line. Good morning, Deacon. Well, good morning to both of you, and God bless you. And looking forward to our conversation today. Mm. Well, thank, thanks for joining us. Um, Happy Deacon, to be here. Um, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Some of them may have missed your last interview. Yes, I'm uh, Deacon Mark Creech. I live in Moorhead, Minnesota, and I work in the Office of Formation in Discipleship in the Diocese of Crookston. And as part of that, we have this new ministry in parishes called Going Forth as Disciples, which seeks to prepare individual Catholics to live as missionary disciples. And so the Stations of the Cross that we put together, um, you know, help people reflect on, well, how can I live as a missionary disciple, in one way anyway, through the corporal and spiritual works of mercy? Mm. That's beautiful. That's really cool. I had a chance to pop on and listen to a portion of the one that you did last week when you were talking about the stations. I thought that was a really neat, really neat idea to sit down. One thing that stood out is like, well, if it's not there, you got to write something, you know, as you searched for um, that connection between the works of mercy and the stations of the cross. So it was really beautiful hearing those parallels and just stepping into how we can actively engage 
um, yeah, in the call to mission during Lent, like through the way of the cross, which is really beautiful. So thank you for sharing that with us, Deacon. It's really cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, it was interesting. As I said last week, you know, we we were developing this first year's focused on prayer, and we thought about, well, what kind of prayer um, could we bring into Lent? Well, of course, Stations of the Cross. And I've always had this thought of 14 works of mercy, spiritual and corporal mm. works of mercy, 14 stations. Somebody must have written that, Stations of the Cross, based on that. And I looked mm. around, and, I, and then didn't find any, so did a lot of reading on the uh, works of mercy and the history and tradition of the stations and, um, and 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 so this is what we have been using in a number of our parishes in our diocese this West Lent. Mm, that's really cool. Can you share just really quick before we jump back into the stations, just some fruits that you've seen from that in the parishes that you have been using it in? Well, the the blessing that um, that I've heard from people. You know, the, the kind of the eye-opening thing, you know, that mm. they've never thought about the, as one person said, I've never thought about the Stations of the Cross calling me to discipleship in the world. Mm. It was always, the per, you know, and I asked, why is that? And the person kind of went on to say, well, it's always been this kind of meditative thing, and, and that's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful to reflect and pray about the way of our Lord at, mm. on to Calvary. But he said he he had never really seen it as a call to mission. So mm. that was that was great to hear. That's really really <laughs> neat. That's that really neat. cool. Awesome. Well, so last week we went through the first seven stations with you. Um, before we jump into the eighth, can you give us just a brief recap of what those seven stations were about, or a couple things that stick out with you there? And then we'll jump into the eighth station, and would love to hear your thoughts and how. Yeah, how those corporal works of mercy and the works of mercies continue to intertwine with the Stations of the Cross. Sure, I'll, I'll go down the first seven pretty briefly. The first station, of course, is Pilate condemns Jesus to death, and that's connected with the spiritual work of mercy um, to instruct others about the faith. Jesus tried to do that with Pilate. Pilate's heart wasn't open, but we're called to instruct other mm. people about the faith. Station two, Jesus accepts his cross. The spiritual work of mercy that goes with that bear wrongs patiently. We're mm. we're called to accept all sorts of crosses in our life. Mm. Station three, Jesus falls for the first time. The corporal work of mercy gives drink to the thirsty. We can only imagine how thirsty our Lord might have been, and we know when he gets to the cross and he's on the cross, he says, "I thirst," mm. and and so made the connection there. The fourth station, Jesus meets his mother. The spiritual work of mercy comfort the sorrowful, and and knowing that we comfort the sorrowful to share with them the love of God, not necessarily taking away their sorrow, but walking with them and accompanying them in their sorrow. Station five, Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus carry the cross, visit prisoners. Mm. I, I, as I um, talk, as I write in the station, you know, Simon is probably wondering, why me? Why do I have to help this prisoner? Yeah. Overall, called to visit the prisoners. Six, Veronica wipes the face of Jesus, visit the sick. You know, in, in that brief moment of visitation of the pained Jesus with, with you know, this body um, scourged and um, crowned with thorns, and she can't 
really take away his pain, but she can do the simple wipe of the face. That's all mm-hmm. she can do. And and so when we visit the sick, it might be the little thing we do that then leads to a miracle. Um, Station 7, Jesus Falls for the second time, shelter the homeless. And, you know, how many folks are homeless, uh, they've just, they're fallen under the weight of the world. The, mm. You know, bad things happen, bad luck occurs, you know, the, they lose a job, they um, have expenses that come, um, they, they fall under the weight of all the burdens of the world, um, and they end up homeless. So shelter the homeless, corporal spirit, the work of mercy. So then now we're up to, we've caught up. So now we go to um, Station 8, and Jesus speaks to the women of Jerusalem. Mm. And with this, we have the spiritual work of mercy, counsel the doubtful. You know, the women were lamenting, why is this innocent man being um, killed? Why, why would this happen? And And Jesus, of course, you know, he is lamenting the fall of Jerusalem. He says, don't wait, weep for me, weep for your children, and what's mm. going to happen to them? And, of course, what is the fall of Jerusalem? It's the scattering of the people. Um, well, in our world today, in our church today, we have a lot of people who've scattered. Mm. They've scattered, they've left the church, and we have to be ready to counsel the doubtful. When they say to us, oh, I don't need to go to church in order to believe in God, or, well, I'm more spiritual than religious. How can mm-hmm. we counsel the doubts that they have? Amen. And, and So that's the connection we make with that station. Mm. Yeah, that's so true, just like counseling the doubtful, too. There's so many, I guess in college ministry right now, I work at the Newman Center, mm-hmm. or at Pius Twelve Newman Center in Brookings as a focused missionary. And there's so mm-hmm. many students that come in that like want to believe that that know, but they do have those doubts. And this is it's pretty profound too, counseling the doubtful because they also want to know how to go out and do it. And something from your last talk that you would you had spoke about is just like taking courage, you know, taking courage and going out and actually having the conversation, like entering into that call of discipleship, which is really beautiful. And, and the beautiful thing about um, focus missionaries, as I you know, recall, and I've known some over the years, and that, that the way you're prepared to share the kerygma, you know, the, 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 you know, what is this Catholic Church about? You know, mm. why should I believe? And, and focused mi- missionaries, I've, I've found, are just wonderful at sharing, well, okay, here's the root of our faith. Mm. And a, a great way to witness to them to um, question or to answer their doubts. Amen. That's awesome. Deacon, I love uh, how you talk about the women of Jerusalem because I feel like that's a station that gets overlooked a lot of times because it's not directly about Jesus. It's about these women who are mourning and, you know, their tears are good. They're mourning something that is good, but just Jesus' reaction to that. Could mm-hmm. you speak a little bit on Jesus' reaction to the women? Yeah, he, he, of course, you know, of course, as he does all the time by giving his life for us. He doesn't make it about him, it makes it about them. Hmm. It's an evangelizing moment with these women and with us, you know, to lament the scattering that's going to occur. The the scattering in Jerusalem, but Jesus at the same time is evangelizing us, um, you know, to lament with us the scattering that's occurred in the church. But then to tell us 
okay, now go and proclaim the gospel of the Lord. Mm. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to be taking a break in just a couple minutes here, but um, when we come back, we're going to be talking more about, um, we're going to go through the ninth, 10th, and 11th stations. Yeah, thank you so much, Deacon, for being with us. And when we return from this break, we will jump back in with the ninth station um, and looking into the spiritual work of Admonish the Sinner. So thank you so much for being with us, Deacon. Looking forward to continuing this conversation. Um, Very enlightening so far. And yeah, I've never thought about the stations in this way. So it's really Mm. beautiful for myself to go through these and to read through this um, material as well. So we will be right back after this short break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I am Dylan Reinhardt. And we're coming at you live from the Newman Center in Brookings, South Dakota. And right before the break, we were talking with Deacon Mark Creechy, and we were going over the way of mercy with the Stations of the Cross. Uh, Deacon... We left off at the 8th station, so could we continue on and talk about the ninth station, admonishing the sinners? I'm sorry. Yes, How are yeah. yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. the ninth station, of course, is Jesus falls for the third time. Mm. 
And you're right, it's connected to the spiritual work of mercy admonishing the sinner. Uh, I mean, we we all fall. We all fall in mm. in our lives as disciples. We all sin. And, and, of course, we're called as a spiritual work of mercy to admonish the sinner. But in this, I also... You know, bring in this idea that okay, we we need to remove the wooden beam from our own eye before we talk to our neighbor about the splinter. But we're to, we're called to talk to that neighbor about that splinter, right? Amen. Um, so I talk about the importance of you know reconciliation um, over and over and over again as I go around the diocese. Well, so Jesus falls for the third time; we fall as well, mm. and 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 we're called to our brothers and sisters when they do fall to kind of help them stand back up and continue their lives as disciples of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Yeah, I think uh, just like even reading through or thinking through, I love how you say, you know, well, somebody's got a splinter in their eye. It's still good to get the splinter out. That's one that our chaplain, Father Andrew Dickinson, um, my first year here, he would say that once he was like, well, I've got that log in my own eye. Like, I don't want to worry about the splinters. Like, yeah, even though you have that log in your own eye, like, you're not going to be perfect. And it's still a good thing to get a splinter out of somebody else's eye, which is really beautiful. And that's like, like you said, directing people to confession. I feel like that's half the time. It's like, have you been to confession, guys? Like, jump, go, run to mercy, run to the Father, which is so beautiful. I'm thinking that it's not just Jesus sitting there watching as a bystander as we fall. He's like falling with us. He modeled that for us on how to enter into that, which is so beautiful. And, and Jesus surrounded himself with people who falled all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, look look at the sins of Peter that are throughout the Gospels. And and yet Peter is the rock upon which the church is built. Look at Paul and the, and the sin he did against Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? But he's still then sent on mission by Jesus. Well, yes, so we sin, and I've heard people say, well, I don't want to talk about my faith because, you know, Mm. I'm not perfect in it. None of us are. None Mm. of the apostles were. Yet we're still called. We're still called to um, share the good news and to point out to other folks, yeah, you know what, the way you're you're walking there, it's not the right way. Mm. Mm. And so beautiful from your meditation in here, too, is just, may I correct others, and may I do so with the love that you showed to the woman at the well. That is beautiful. That hits deep. (laughs) Jesus showed her great mercy while also being very direct. Yes, Mm. the man you put now is not your husband. Mm. But she's so touched by his mercy that she's converted and goes to her town and exclaims to everyone, the Savior has come, the Messiah. Amen. It's like she felt that intimacy of being known by God in that Mm -hmm. moment, too. It's like, well, you're right you don't have a husband you have this many and she like instead of getting defensive felt whoa like he knows me and felt that intimacy with god and that spurted that conversion and that desire for yeah that desire for conversion and to share it with everyone else you know she encountered god and she couldn't help but bring that out to everyone else that she knew which is amazing well and and think about jesus on the way to the cross and how many people not knowing the whole drama perhaps not knowing who he was thinking Oh, there's another criminal going to his death, probably getting what he mm. deserves. And and yet, no, Jesus says we're to reach out to others in mercy, mm. you know, and, and go and to reflect the mercy of Jesus Christ to others. And so these corporal and spiritual works of mercy are great guides to us, given to us 
by mm. Holy Mother Church on how to live our lives reflecting the mercy of Jesus to others. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Deacon. Uh, moving on to the tent station, if you're ready to move on to the tent station, Jesus sure. is stripped sure. of his clothing. Can you give us some insight on this station and love to hear your thoughts and how that applies to the book that you have written? Well, and, and so, of course, this is, you know, the um, corporal work of mercy to clothe the naked. And, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, you, as I was praying while I was writing these, of course, some of these were pretty easy to connect. Okay, that's the you know, okay. Clothing yep. naked, Jesus stripped of his clothing. I mean, even Jesus lost all of his clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, was, and and how many people um, in this world need clothing and shelter and food and drink and and so what do we do to you know clothe the naked um, locally? Um, but but also you know nationally and internationally, mm. um, and, and so we're called regularly to take care of our brothers and sisters who've been stripped of everything they have. Mm. Amen. I love the line you have in here. May I seek to clothe the naked, both near and far? Like may I seek? Like that's pretty direct and bold. It's not just accepting the grace that comes to me it's like actually seeking that grace mm. it's pretty awesome yes and, and 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 it's wonderful when people um like a special collection happens and people kick in for the ukraine you know there was that mm. you know and that's wonderful and but then also how can we just make this part of our lives how can we take care of the homeless take care of the poor um just as as a regular part of the way we live our life. I know mm. a lot of um, dioceses have Operation Rice Bowl during Lent, where you have that little rice bowl, and every meal you put some money in. You know, well, well, well let me just encourage people, do it all year long. You mm. know, um, contribute to the poor, just part of your life. Make it part of your life. Mm. Okay, and now moving on to the 11th station. Yes, so Jesus is nailed to the cross and connected to the spiritual work of mercy of forgiving injuries. Hmm. Uh, You know, we can only imagine the pain that Jesus endured while being nailed to the cross and while dying on the cross. They say that crucifixion was picked by the Romans as um, a, a, a symbol, an act of terror against the non-Roman population, because everyone knew it was the most painful way you could die. There was mm. no other worse way to die in the ancient world. And and so Jesus has these men, and, and I in the stations I imagine that these executioners have done this before. They don't have any empathy. Mm. They're not paying attention to the groans. They're just doing their job. And yet, what do we know Jesus is going to do? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so when people injure you by um, picking on you or saying something behind your back or cutting you off in traffic to something as trivial as that, well, Mm. let's reach out to others with the forgiveness, with the forgiveness Jesus showed everyone while while he was being nailed and while he was hanging on the cross. Mm. Mm. 
and like he does it in here with that clear mind too that he immediately comes in father forgive them for they know not what they do and how often we try to figure out like kind of like you said there you know someone cuts me off in traffic i feel like we have that perception we know exactly what their intent was and we kind of snowball in on that and like why would they do this and you get like going in your head and it's just like man how beautiful and how peaceful it would be and to keep that clear mind and you know offer that up father forgive them like they know not what they do and i have no idea yep. what their heart is when they do that too so like moving towards that forgiveness not to just do it to do it but to do it from the heart as well um is really beautiful and i've never yeah i've never really put that together of jesus being nailed to the cross and like forgiving of injuries you know it's an easy one to pass over you're like okay i've seen the passion i've seen all of these things jesus he died he suffered for me but just how intimately that connected that is to the works of mercy like forgiving injuries like through his injury he teaches us how to forgive when we're injured by others and that's just a beautiful such a beautiful example yeah so so jesus cared for the soul of it we we need to you know care for the soul of somebody that does something that bugs us or we think is trying to hurt us well reach out to them in empathy forgiveness Mm. reflecting the love the mercy of jesus Mm. Deacon, I'd love to hear your thoughts. This might be a question coming out of left field, but within this forgiving injuries, what are your thoughts on like forgiving ourselves for the injuries that we cause to ourselves through sin, through yeah actions that we do? Well, and that's you know it's something how we need to understand that we have to show ourselves mercy. Mm. But again, I'm going to go back to the sacramental graces of confession and reconciliation. When I deal with people who are racked in anxiety, um, troubled in life, you know, believing they don't know where they're going, you know, are they going to the Mass? Mm. And then are they going to the Sacrament of Reconciliation? Because mm. God will forgive us of all of our injuries. We leave, as they say, as I've read, you know, we leave the, the Reconciliation Room as saints. Mm. Um, well, God will forgive all of our, all of our sins, as and and then as we experience that, then let's use that to forgive ourselves. Amen, amen. So talking about reconciliation and with this, um, for viewers or listeners out here right now, you know that are kind of on that border of ah, like I'm still kind of nervous going to confession. Mm, had a bad experience at one point in time. Don't really want to go back. Like I can just like confess my sins out loud to Jesus and everything. You know. Um, what encouragement would you give people, especially nearing towards Holy Week, especially nearing towards, yeah, our Lord's passion and his resurrection? Um, what encouragement would you give to those that are kind of on the fence about going to confession, receiving that grace, that mercy? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a big question. The, the mm. one thing, they, oh, I had a bad experience one time. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say, how many times do we have a bad experience at something, mm. but we go, we, we do it again. <laughs> but... I also say maybe that bad experience you had was a window to you about how deep this sin was impacting your soul. Mm. That's not a very pleasant thing. It, you know, it, it's very pleasant for us to look at our sinfulness. Mm. So that was probably the barometer that, yeah, that was maybe a good confession, mm. you know, that you, that you felt that uncomfortableness mm. in in either what you said or in what Father said, that might be a sign of a really good confession. Mm. Praise God. Thank you for sharing that, Deacon. 
should we uh, go through the final three and the final moments we have? For sure, for sure. And and so uh, Jesus dies on the cross, the twelfth station. Um, I connect that to feed the hungry. Of course, Jesus continues to offer his body for our, our, our for us for our salvation through the mass. And you know the the holy sacrifice and the sacred banquet of the mass mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. And and then we should just as Jesus feeds us, we should feed others. Thirteen, the body of Jesus is taken down from the cross, connected to the spiritual work of mercy of praying mm-hmm. for the living and the dead. You can imagine as that body comes down, he's surrounded by his mother and the woman and the apostle he loved. You could imagine them offering a prayer, offering mm-hmm. a prayer. And, and so Jesus, through his death, calls us to pray for the dead to pray for the living and the dead. Mm. And then finally, the 14th day, Jesus is laid in the tomb. Well, the corporal work of mercy of burying the dead. You know, Joseph and Nicodemus went out of their way, kind of put themselves out there, mm. asked, can I? You know, can we get the body? And they found the body, and they bought the, oil, the um, um, myrrh and aloes and wrapping mm. um, so that Jesus would have a burial. And, and we should go out of our way to um, bury the dead in our families, in our mm-hmm. parishes, in our community. Um, and, and so it's a beautiful corporal work of mercy to go to wakes and funerals and pray with and for grieving families. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that with us this morning, Deacon. Um, just There's a lot there to meditate on. Um, we only have a minute left with you this morning, but do you have any final thoughts or reflections you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, the the final thing I'll do is invite you to uh, Real Presence Live next Wednesday, as I recall, where when I come on at that point, we're actually going to pray these states of the cross. And so it'll be kind of a different segment, you might say, um, Mm -hmm. because rather than the back and forth, which I very much enjoy with you guys this morning... Um, we're going to be taking time with whoever I'm on. We're going to be praying these stations. And what a beautiful thing to do, um, you know, during Holy Week. Mm. For sure. Amen. So beautiful. So beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Deacon Mark Creechy. Um, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, it's been great, Deacon. Thank you. Thank you, and God bless your ministry. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we're back, who do we have in the house, Dylan? We have Amy Walsh, a missionary here at South Dakota State University, coming on to talk a little bit about her experience with Focus and also how mental health intertwines with our faith life in some roadblocks and also some insight that she's had from, yeah, experience herself with, um, yeah, schooling that she has with counseling and all of that fun stuff. So we'll see what we have in store and see what Amy will be able to bless us with this morning. Super exciting. All right, stay with us after the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 